Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Dorking Out. My name is Sonia Mansfield, and I just love to dance to Motown and clean my kitchen. It's what I do. Joining me is my podcasting sister from another mister and the co-host of Dorking Out, Margot D. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. This week, we are dorking out about 1983's The Big Chill. I'm not sure why this came up. I think it's because we talked about Jagged Edge last week, and if you haven't listened to our Jagged Edge episode please do uh because it had glenn close and we kind of started this whole like glenn close conversation and then somehow we landed on the big chill (laughs) then we were like oh (laughs) we need to talk about the big chill (laughs) it is written by lawrence kasdan and barbara benedek i think i pronounced that right Mm -hmm. and she also wrote something that you tweet you texted me a few months ago she also wrote immediate family Ooh, that's an interesting movie. Yeah. So I know we put it on our list a couple months ago. It's also directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who at this time had only directed Body Heat like two years earlier. Um, that's a good movie. And, it's a great movie. And he has written like probably your favorite Star Wars movie. He wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. He, he's Lawrence Kasdan and his son has gone on to make good movies too. He's kind of the shit actually um it stars tom berenger glenn close jeff goldblum william hurt kevin klein mary Kay place and meg tilly and they are like a group of friends who get together after one of their friends kills himself for undisclosed reasons and they kind of spend a weekend in a house together and they talk about their feelings <laughs> that's pretty much it that's it the end so what else are you dorking out about mark no i'm kidding (laughs) when did you first see the big chill it would have been on video or hbo i'm trying to think it was 83 when it came out yeah i know i didn't see it in a movie theater and i know that's like my parents would not have seen yeah i think they i think it was on video like in 85 or 86 and the soundtrack was everywhere mm-hmm. for like they had two albums yeah more from the big chill like yeah it, it all the, all of a sudden motown was in every commercial was in all the movies it's one of those films that just really struck a chord with people yeah um but i was i was young i was a you know early teen so it, i don't know if it i liked it a lot i thought it was funny and then I went through a phase many years later. I was like, this is dumb. It's a bunch of white people whining. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's lame. And then I watched it for the first time last night in at least 10 years. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, I, OK, good. I really, really enjoyed it. I laughed. I got, you know, I mean, sure, there's things to, you know, we could talk about the lack of diversity. Yes. And that definitely is an issue. But. It's still really good actors. It's still got, we talk about this all the time, funny jokes Mm -hmm. that land. And William Hurt, I forgot how great he is. I love his performance as Nick. Glenn Close is amazing in this movie. I think something, there's a plot point that I thought was ridiculous for many years. And then last night I saw it and I'm like, yeah, okay, I probably would do the same thing. And what, but you know, whatever happens between a couple, it's up to them, not me. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. That is so interesting. This is not where I thought this was going to go. I 
I don't think I saw this in the theater. I feel like I would remember if I did. And like we've said before, my mom doesn't give a shit about ratings. So it is highly possible that she took me to see this. But I don't remember that. I do remember watching it on like HBO or something like that because I knew that people really liked it. And I wanted to see why everyone liked it so much. And as a kid, you know, I would have been 13 maybe when I saw it, 14. Um it, I was like, is this what being an adult is like? I had just mm-hmm. assumed that this is what being an adult is like, is that you like have you like make dinner together and dance to Motown and talk about your feelings and whatnot. And yeah, kind of like you later on, I was like, oh, my God, you're all such a bunch of whiners, right? You're like, you're all they're all like pretty well off. They're all like uh, a, yes. bus- a business owner, a lawyer, a doctor. You know, I'm a journalist for People Magazine. Like, you know, almost all of them are doing pretty well, I- except for I guess the William Hurt character. But but he's still like he's like a drug dealer, I guess. But, yeah. Like, but he's still doing he pretty good. Yeah, he has a Porsche. He's doing pretty good for a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the '80s. Everything was illegal. He was yeah. just you know. Anyway, but and so I kind of went into this rewatch thinking it wasn't going to click for me this time either. And this time, I think I appreciated it more from a filmmaking thing where I was like, it's it's a tight movie. Like, right. it's really tight. Um, I I do like movies that are like and then the group of friends get together and we explore those dynamics and their feelings. I like those kinds of movies. So. And all the, like you said, the performances are really good. The script is really tight. Jeff Goldblum is such a fucking creep in this movie, but he, mm-hmm. is, but he is really funny. And in real life, but yeah, yeah he, but he's hilarious. Yeah. And William Hurt is really great. He delivers like such good lines in this movie. And I really, really clicked with the Meg Tilly character this time. Same here. She's someone who was incomprehensible to me. Yes. When I was young and then when I was a little bit older, like I guess mid-30s or something, where I was like, oh, she's just this, I don't know, she's objectified and they make her look silly. And, you know, and then I looked at it now. I'm like, no, she's a damaged person. Yeah. And just trying to figure her way, you know. And that's all that is. I mean, I, I, it's, is it maturity? I don't know what it is, but I did super appreciate it this time. I, I think that there's some jokes at her expense that she's like dumb or, um, yeah, cause she is younger. She was Alex's younger girlfriend. Um, and he killed himself and they'd only been together for four months. So she is in this, I, I guess I appreciated more this time, the very awkward situation she is in. In which right. she is living with Alex, her ex, her boyfriends, her now deceased boyfriends, cl- like close friends. Mm-hmm. And they've only been together for like four months. And I, I I appreciated her perspective on them where she says a few things where she's like, I don't really like revisiting my past like you all do. Or, you know, just she's not like them. And no. I appreciated that dynamic way more this time than I have in years past. And and first of all, everybody drank. She's adorable, too. She's so adorable. She's so adorable. I, that opening sequence, and we're going to talk about the soundtrack, but we're going to discuss the soundtrack yeah. at the end of the show. We're going to go through it. But the music really makes all of these scenes work. But when we meet her, she's so beautiful and Mm -hmm. she's a dancer and she's just doing the leg splits and things like that. And she's a coquette, but she's got more going for than you realize, but she's a damaged person. I think for a lot of people, cause I used to, I think we recorded it off HBO and then we had like the tape forever in our house. I've seen this movie many, many times in the eighties and there's Kevin Costner Mm-hmm. is the body basically so sad. <laughs> poor it's kevin so costner he was so young new to the industry and he had as alex they all met at we should say these are all friends that went to michigan together they went to, to college together and he like i guess was the most dynamic one of all of them like all kind of like he was the star of the group and he there were film they filmed scenes 
of him, I guess having Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And, and there was like a younger version of themselves and, and none of this, nobody's ever seen any footage. I don't think. No. Cause every once in a while I would look and people are dying now to see it. Cause yeah. see, cause Kevin Costner becomes a superstar. Like this was supposed be to be, like? yeah, this was supposed to be his like big screen debut. This was going to be his big moment. And he is famously cut from the movie completely. You don't even see his face. And that I, I heard that there's like stills. There's photo- like photographs from the scene. But the scene I'll, has... I'll look for that. Yeah, but the scene has not been seen. <laughs> Sorry about that. And um, Lawrence Kasdan says, no, I'm not going to be adding that back in. Like the movie that's out there is the movie I wanted to make, which, you know, is almost downright refreshing compared to what mm-hmm. we get nowadays where we get so many different cuts. Release the Lawrence Kasdan cut of the big <laughs> chill. Like. And he's, yeah, he's a big enough person. It's like, he's like, no, that is the Lawrence Kasdan version. And he's absolutely right, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would have been distracting to see them try to play 10 years younger. And totally. I think it would have, I think it's perfect the way it is. Like yeah. they, we only know what they know. Yeah. And it, it, it it helps us like kind of build what we think Alex was like in our head. And no offense to Kevin Costner, but maybe he couldn't live up to that. It's probably right. better we don't we don't see it. Don't see him, I should say. And, you know, we shouldn't feel too bad for Costner because Lawrence Kasdan made it up to him. And he went on to star in a movie called Silverado, which I remember quite liking. Did yeah, you? same here. Yeah. And then also Kevin Klein's in that one, too, right? Oh God! I, and, I think so. And, and Danny, um, Danny Glover, Danny Glover. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's it's a, yeah a western. I like westerns very much. So the movie opens with, I heard it through the grapevine. Like we're we're going to talk about the music later. Um, and everyone's kind of learning that Alex has died, and this is where we're we're being introduced to everybody. So first, I think is it first Tom Selleck. I'm sorry, not Tom Selleck, Tom Berenger. <laughs> the reason I said Tom Selleck is Tom Berenger is basically playing like a Tom Selleck-like actor. Like he's got the mustache. He's on a show that's basically Magnum P.I. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like Magnum P.I. meets Spencer meets <laughs> Vegas. It, you know, like a, a dude, a single dude who's an investigator but not a cop. Yeah. Yeah. So we we see him. Then we meet Joe Beth Williams, and she's this kind of like bored housewife, a Karen, a, a Karen, total Karen. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe Beth Williams once again, but so beautiful. I love Joe Beth Williams. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And then uh, Glenn Close and Kevin Klein are like the nice married couple. She's a doctor. He owns a shoe a shoe chain called like running, running shoe. <laughs> yeah, running shoes. Uh, running dog. I think it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. William Hurt taking all of his pills. Um, Mary Kay Place is like a former public defender who's now like a real estate attorney. Uh, all of these people are like sold out, I guess, to a certain extent is what we're supposed to think. And Jeff mm-hmm. Goldblum is the journalist for People magazine who wants to fuck every woman he sees, even though he has what seems a to girlfriend. be a girl, a perfectly a nice girl. A live-in girlfriend at home. He's such a creep in this movie. Such a creep. Also very funny. And then we get the, like, super famous scene at the, like, funeral where they play You Can't Always Get What You Want. And uh, Jeff Goldblum once again, like, trying to hit on Meg Tilly, who's the girlfriend of Alex. At the funeral. At the funeral. He's so, he's so gross. He's such an asshole. But funny, like you said. And I, did you, this time I paid attention. It was the preacher giving this whole yeah. speech. Like, why did Alex do this? And his mother, the, Alex's mother is in the front row mm-hmm. with, um, with Glenn, uh, Close. Glenn Close. Yeah. I'm like, do you think this woman's been through enough? Like, this is something you could have a conversation outside. Let's just say nice things. Yeah. and bury the guy yeah take it outside pastor asshole i mean i really and this is also glenn close is amazing in this movie she's so good she her character is like such this tower of strength and competence and just could handle anything Mm -hmm. it's just ah she's amazing she is and there's she is she's running the show for you know she's sitting with the mom they're hosting the like after the like the little gathering after 
all these people end up staying at their house. But there's, you know, also these scenes where like they show her like crying in the shower and it's like, girl, I've been there. That is like yep. such a thing. I'm like, who doesn't cry in the shower? <laughs> No, it's whatever. Yeah, I was reading um, Carol Radswell. She had a book. Her husband was uh, cousins with JFK Jr. Mm. And Anthony and he died like a year after they got married from cancer. And she said that a fuck cancer to hell. She said she would they had a swimming pool because they're rich. But Mm -hmm. she said she would go swimming in the pool and just cry her eyes out. And then when she get out of the pool, her eyes were all red. She goes, oh, it's the chlorine. Yeah. Because you just need that space to get it out of your system. That is, it is 100% like the place that people go to, to, you're alone with your thoughts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No And if you're married, you have kids like Glenn Close does in this movie. It's also the place where you're truly alone in the house is the bathroom sadly for like a minute (laughs) even if it's just for 15 minutes you might be alone in that room and it's the one space and that's definitely true in this movie and and it's so sad i just felt i she's in a she's playing a really difficult role Mm -hmm. uh glenn close because it's revealed not too long after not even halfway through that at some point she had an affair with alex right and they agreed to like kind of move on from it. And I mean, he's still like living in their house. Yeah. And so she's, you know, super sad about what happened, but it's almost like she doesn't want to be too sad in front of everybody. Cause then it, right. it's a really tricky part. And that's why she's so good in it. And probably she is the only one in the cast that was singled out for an Oscar nomination, which would have been tough because everyone's pretty good in this. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Klein does have an accent that seems to be coming and going. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah. It's kind of Southern, and but kind of not. I mean, he's he seems like he's really made roots in this community. I mean, it's a beautiful area of the, the country, South Carolina. Yeah. And he seems to really like it there. And I think that's probably a part of it. Maybe he's from there originally, and then he went to yeah. Michigan. You I know, just, that could be it. Yeah. I just felt like the accent was sometimes there and sometimes not. And I was like, oh, the accent's back. <laughs> so when do you think they graduated college? Hmm. That's a- it's 1983. So I was, I, that's the question always for me. Would it be like 1969, 1970, 71? I mean, they, these are these sounds, are the things that go through my head yeah, because it sounds they're like, very militant. Yeah, it sounds like they came, like they graduated maybe like early 70s. Yeah. Because there's this whole thing about William Hurt's character went to Vietnam and then came back and was and, wounded and was wounded and went to college. And that's where he met. He met them there. So I assumed it was kind of like like early 70s. I think. No, I think after college, he went into he was he went to Vietnam. Oh, and, and then I he have came it reversed. Back. Yeah, and then he came back and he was working on his doctorate, but he never finished it. Got it. Because of, I'm sure, PTSD, yeah. and he was wounded. And what we find out first is that Mary Kay Place is single, and she has a great – I love her speech about being single. You know, they're either married <laughs> or they're gay. They're this. She's on the nose, that one. Yeah, it's just like they want to commit, Boy. but not too much. They're afraid of <laughs> commitment, you know. Just they want to get close. You don't want to get near them. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent true. <laughs> yep, keep it one hundred. So mm-hmm. she's a very successful lawyer. She's like maybe thirty four, thirty five, and she realizes I've always wanted a child. And then they give a look to each other, like, okay, I had an abortion, but that was the right thing then. This is what I want now. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Close is saying, well who's going to be the lucky father. And this is different times. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, so she says, well, I'm going to have sex with one of the guys here. They're my best <laughs> friends. I love them. Yeah. I think they love me. 
Yeah. You know, we're all making good money. They don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could, and I see the rationalization as like, like I said, like I, as a kid, I was like, okay. And then I thought, well, that's weird. And then I go back to, okay, if that's what you want to do, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're an well, adult. So was artificial insemination not a thing back then? That's what I'm trying to wonder. I mean, I remember turkey basters, like I've heard stuff about that. But or sperm banks, like would she have gone to a sperm bank? I guess, but she really wants to know the guy. Yeah. I think that's a part of it for her. So she first tries William Hurt, who says, I don't think you heard about what happened to me in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And that's when all, and I love the scene where she screams hysterically <laughs> and you think he showed her something like, you know, and she was like reacting to that, but no, it's just bats yeah. in their attic. And then the men run up there and they're trying to, I love that scene. They're really funny. They they're are really, really funny. You believe they're friends. You do. You absolutely believe it. And I do. I think it's funny when they're trying to get the bat out and they open yeah. the window and of course, like more bats Let's fly in. <laughs> it's 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 a funny scene and i think that like i just i love william hurt in this movie so much like william he can be someone who's so cold and like his character is a little cold but it's because he's so damaged i guess well you know he's lost he looks so lost it's we've we've realized like he's left impotent from his injuries and he probably has PTSD from what he saw. Yeah. And that contributed to him not being able to re- return his final thesis. It's a lot of work and yeah. a lot of – so for a good like maybe 10 years at this point, he had a radio career. I love it when they say KSFO. Oh, yeah, I was like, I know that station. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> and he had a bit of a success there. But we've, we're, it's, we're meant to believe now he's basically a drug dealer. Yes. And he shows up at the funeral late. And so Mary Kay Place <laughs> makes the play. He's like, uh-uh, the equipment doesn't work. So then she's got to go to somebody else. I do love when she she's writing with him and he immediately, like, gets her stoned and, like, she can't, like, even <laughs> deal with it. But I, she says to him, you know, the last time I spoke with Alex, I yelled at him. And then he said to her, that's probably why he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> Like just his humor is yeah really clicked for me now. Whereas when I was younger, I was like, "Gosh, he's such a dick to everybody. Why does he say <laughs> stuff like that?" But now I was like, "I get it." <laughs> yeah, they're all damaged people in yeah. some way, but he's especially so, and that's why I get it. When spoiler, he and Chloe in the end really click. Yeah, I think they're just yeah two damaged people gonna help each other out. Yeah, and. I I really like his scenes with with Chloe with Meg Tilly so much yeah. because yeah. you can see like she says to him she's very honest with people too and that's mm-hmm. another reason why I love her character so much or she says like you remind me of Alex and you know she kind of is drawn to him and he's drawn to her I love that he like drugs Jeff Goldblum at one point to like keep him away from her because he's acting like <laughs> such a fucking creep. You know, and just the way they interact with each other and they go out and they see like the the farmhouse that like Alex and her were working on together and he gets it. And it seems like they understand each other. And Oh, absolutely. I support this relationship. Yeah, I just it it just worked with me so much better. It worked for me so much better this time. And and there are things in the movie that younger Sonia would have never understood, obviously. Like, these are all people that knew each other in college. And when you're in college, you have so many ideas mm-hmm. of what your life is going to be. And you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And, you know, you're going to change the world or whatever. And then you get to a point where you're like, or not. Like, you know, I'm going to do this. And now I, I've got to pay bills. I yeah. got to have a career. I got to, you know, I have relationships in my life. My parents are getting older. Yeah. Shit happens. And you're no longer the idealistic person you once were. It's just how far off the idealism did you go? At, like for Mary Kay Place, she was like, I was in Philadelphia. I was a defense attorney. And then I realized a lot of them were really fucking guilty. Yeah. And that bummed her out. And so she got an offer to do real estate in Atlanta, 
the money was better. And so, but apart, but she feels guilty. Like I should be support. They say Bobby and Huey, like they should have been supporting activists, but that wasn't what the, you know, and then Jeff Goldblum, I guess he had ideas for what do you want to be as right? It's funny to say now, like, Oh, a people magazine writer, 83, they made a lot of money. Oh my God. The perks they had. I, and let's, make it very clear here if you listen to what a creep you already know this old people magazines are like fucking gold mines for what a creep they're amazing the best stuff people magazine is still pretty i mean it's still really popular it's where all celebrities go to rehab their images (laughs) it's it's still one of those places but it was a very powerful magazine at the time like it and because I talked to somebody who used to work there and, they're, and they were saying mid 80s to mid 90s, mm-hmm. they easily made 150 to 200,000 a year. Yeah. And the perks for travel, for everything was just because they were so popular. They were the tastemakers. Yes. Which doesn't really, you know, there's, there's not that much. Now we have influencers. Yeah. Yeah. There's just all this stuff about them. I don't even think they use the term selling out, but the idea of like we were going to be activists and now we're all like conservatives, basically. And, you know, I think Glenn Close, once again, like says, like, I feel like I was at my best when I was with you people. Oh, that scene cr- kills me. She's yeah. crying. Yeah. It's so all, it's so sad. And yeah, we should say Karen's husband. Karen is in a marriage. I guess she doesn't have a career. She's but she's got kids. Yeah. And a housekeeper, I think that lives with them. They're they're outside of Detroit, and her husband Richard is. It's like a loveless marriage yes. right now. You know, she's bored. That's her whole thing. It's kind of like a a weird character thing. Uh, she never seems to regret anything about not being an activist. You know, she just yeah. wanted to be taken care of. But then she's always had the hots for Sam, and they've had this passion for one another. And oh God, Sam, we have to talk. Yes. He's an actor. He was married. He's getting divorced or is divorced. He has a daughter that he never sees. Yeah. It's just too hard. It's too confusing. Mm-hmm. I think it would just give you, am I an asshole? I'm like, yes, you are an asshole. Yeah, he's kind I of an asshole. You. He's an asshole. He really is. Yeah. And and honestly, the Joe Beth Williams character is an asshole too. <laughs> she is too, because she should be saying like, fuck off, call your daughter. Yeah. You need to be, you know, you need, to, you can make up for this, but you got to do it now. Yeah. She, once I super love Joe Beth Williams. I'm not saying like, I hate Joe Beth Williams. That character, um, the minute. It's a Karen. It's such a Karen. Her name is Karen and she's such a Karen. But also like she sees Tom Berenger's character and. Like she pretty much spends the entire weekend just laying the groundwork mm-hmm. for fucking to him. Fuck him to fuck him <laughs> and and to leave her husband too and you know all of this stuff and she is in like a loveless marriage and Richard is a I mean he is like a bit of a chomp whatever but he, he but he doesn't seem like a bad person he's not a bad no. person she's bored she's just bored I mean I know that scene where. He's making the sandwich in the middle yeah. of the night, and then shirt. You know, Tom Berenger walks around with the shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> like, just, did you not bring pajamas, dude? dude that's just Lily? how dude. That's just how dudes walk around, right? They just walk yeah, around tight with jeans, the, yeah, and, and their and shirts a, unbuttoned, yeah. Shirt. And him and William Hurt go into the kitchen. They hear Richard. He's making himself a sandwich. And he's like, "Oh, I'm an insomniac. This is. It's actually kind of good. It's my only time to be alone. Once again, yeah. He wants to be alone too, and then, but he starts talking about his life, and it's like. He's not wrong. I no. mean, you know, it it isn't fun sometimes. It isn't always a, a gas or whatever. Yeah. He's just he's kind of doing like nobody told me. You know. Yeah. He he seems like a decent enough guy. He's not exciting. Karen did it for the money for sure. She said, and she says that like, oh, it seemed like he would give me like a good life and make you know make a good life for kids and things like that. And you know, like everyone else in the movie, she pushed herself aside to create a life for herself that maybe she didn't really want or she thought she wanted but she doesn't want who knows right but I I was like once like younger Sonia you know was like Richard's a chump you know whatever but like I was like no Richard's fine like he's I'm sure he's nice enough 
you know, and, and, nice and, and, and his speech is, like you said, he's not wrong. Right. You know, and I think that that scene is interesting because I think Nick, that's the William Hurt character and Tom Berenger, they're looking at him like he is like kind of an asshole. And I was like, I don't think he's being an asshole here. I think he's trying to understand like what's happening or why this would happen. I don't think he and his wife have that deep of a relationship basically. So he can't feel the loss for Alex like she does because he just doesn't, you know, and he and Alex probably wouldn't get along. They would probably not be buddies. So I think he feels excluded anyway. And he's probably socially awkward and yeah, you know, rigid. He's a very rigid dude, but he's not an asshole. Yeah. And he provided a nice life. But anyway, he conveniently, he takes off to go take care of their sons. Yes. And so they're all staying for the weekend. And then when she gets her chance with Tom Barron and they're, they're flirting. Yes. Throughout the weekend, they're kind of laying on the charm with each other. And then she lays a kiss on him or whatever. But then he kind of backs off a little bit. Says, Hey, We've been flirting for 15 years. Yeah, yeah she gets Karen pissed. turns around. She's going to talk to the manager. She's like, she's <laughs> I would like to speak to the manager of this relationship. Because <laughs> he kind of backs off a little bit. And then they wind up, she gives him a hand job in the middle of the field. Yeah, they like, like yeah, I think they end up, yeah, they end up fucking and. They do. But then it. it I think he just he acknowledges like he he tells her before they start fucking like she's bored. Yeah, he knows He's got it. Her pegged. He knows it. And Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He does it anyway, and then she's, you know, at the end, it's like, maybe we'll come out to L.A. and we can visit. Richard would love to tour the studio, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's like, that's fine, fine, whatever. Like, it's almost like he just did her a favor. Like, fine, fine. I'll fuck you. (laughs) So that you won't be bored. (laughs) I'm horny. You're bored. Let's do it. It's kind of funny because the Mary Kay Place character also propositions him to be the father, and he says no. And And he's like, I'm a bad father. Yeah, you don't want me. You don't want me. And later he's talking to the Kevin. He's talking to Kevin Klein and he's like, I couldn't live out here. He's like, I'm getting all kinds of weird propositions out here. (laughs) Like basically every woman in the house is trying to fuck him. I'm surprised Jeff Goldblum didn't try to fuck him. He's trying to fuck everyone else in this movie. Everyone. If were made 10 years later, he probably would have. Yeah. He uh he also so he's he's actively pursuing Meg Tilly, poor Meg Tilly, just trying to be nice and is like <laughs> like going about her business. Um he makes his play to be the father for Mary Kay Place and she's like, meh. <laughs> no nah. thanks. And then he puts the moves on Glenn Close. Like in a funny like oh, in a joke in like a jokey way, but I was like, he's not joking. <laughs> No, he wants to get laid. He's desperate to get laid. His friend of how many years died by suicide. Mm -hmm. They're all hanging out together and he could just think about his dick. Yeah. He's not a deep person. That he's always running a club and the club is going to be better than me. Yeah, who wants to, who who wants to invest in my club and who wants to fuck me? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no one know. But he is a very entertaining character. Very. For sure. I get it. Like he's. Yeah, you. Everyone has a Jeff Goldblum in their, in their group. I suspect maybe I'm the Jeff Goldblum of my group. I don't know. Maybe I am. But he's he's very funny, but he's he's gross. He's a creep. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about I. So there's a lot of like Kevin Klein going for a jog in this movie, and I want to talk about his very tiny shorts. His balls are <laughs> dying to get out. They they see freedom. <laughs> they see air. 
They are like, please, sir. <laughs> it's happening today. Today's the day. We should say this is 1983. So active wear was very different <laughs> from what it is now. You know, they actually have shorts to, that with lining to protect your balls. I mean, but they used to wear tight short short he has great legs i mean he, he looks does good yeah kevin klein looks great he's, he's kevin klein he's is a very i have such a crush on him in this he, movie he's such a handsome man he's still a handsome man he's very and handsome. He's funny yeah and successful and he's got emotions he's got some heart to him i would hit that i would totally I totally yeah. hit that yeah i'm not yeah no way but we'll talk about that yeah but yeah, active wear, because like the first shot is Meg Tilly, and I had to look at it really close. Like, she's wearing nude colored tights mm-hmm. under her leotard. Which is so, it's so 80s. It's so 80s. It's like, a, but yeah, that was the active wear at the time. I'm like, I hope he's going to sell more than just sneakers. I hope, because really, and William Hurt's running in his jeans. jeans? He's wearing <laughs> jeans and like a sweater. <laughs> it's so <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> but it's, but it's the, the, the setting is really cool i mean they're in this little town in south carolina and he's telling him like he's got like 30 or 40 stores Mm -hmm. and he's sort of like hinting to everyone like if you buy stocks now yeah you're gonna it's gonna pay off and he's wanting he's doing that because he wants to help william hurt he wants to help his uh, nick get his shit together and so when he eventually winds up with Chloe, it's really kind of nice. And he's going to be living near them. And you're like, okay, good. You know? Yeah. He's going to be in a better space. Yeah. He's going to be in a better space. I also wanted to give a shout out to, they're driving in a Jeep. They're going out to look at the farmhouse, the Alex and Meg Tilly's character were working on together. And I don't remember why they're talking about sex or something. And then, Make no, Tilly. she just brings it up out of she nowhere. She just says, Alex and I made love the night before he died. It was fantastic. And, like, Kevin Klein and I think Jeff Goldblum are like, it's, like, awkward. And William Hurt, he just fucking gets her. He gets it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I bet he it was. with a bang, not a whimper, <laughs> which is right. a great line. Yeah. Like, I just, I just, I like her so much in this movie. She's so great. So we should say, let's yes. pivot a little bit yes. because a big thing happens here. We learned that Alex and Sarah had a fling. They yes. had sex a few times and they all decided, let's just forget this ever happened. And she and her husband went on to have kids and they're very happy. And Harold is presented as the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. And she basically asks her husband, I got a favor for you. Can you do this one favor for me? And it's sort of like an atonement for what she's done in the past and also helping Mary Kay place her, her character. So Mm -hmm. she asks her husband to have sex with Mary Kay place because she's ovulating right now. Like her body's ready. It's a host and it's ready to be. (laughs) And she's not saying, jerk off into this and we'll use a turkey baster or we'll go to the sperm bank. Like she's like, have sex with her mm-hmm. like a couple of times. <laughs> Just do it. And they do. <laughs> it's such a, Oh my God. It's such an awkward ask. It's such an awkward thing to ask. And the whole mm-hmm. scene is so awkward. And, and yeah, but I, I, I'm like, yeah, I kind of see the reasoning behind it. Like, I get it now. Like, she feels bad for what she had done. Yes. So in, in a way, it's kind of two birds with one stone. Now, then I'm like, okay, but what if she's actually pregnant? So now, Harold, like, are those the step-siblings? And are they going to have a relationship? And this is, we don't know. Yeah. The, the kid would be 35 right now. So I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe there should have been a sequel, like, even more Big yeah. Chill. I'm the Big sure Chillier. i trying to do that. <laughs> the frosted uh <laughs> the big the chills <laughs> they just <laughs> but yeah so that's uh so that's what they do that <laughs> yeah. and then it's sort of just at the end of the movie everyone's sort of saying goodbye and they're exchanging addresses and they're promising to keep in touch and then jeff goldblum says you know what we took a, we took a vote and we're not leaving we're staying here forever and then you hear, good love it. No, no then it's like, no, joy, joy to, to the world. world. 
such kind a- of a perfect movie. Like there's nothing, there's no scene that's wasted. It's got all the emotional beats. Mm-hmm. It's, I kind of really enjoyed it. Yes, it's about white people and white people problems. But yes, that was 1983 for you. Totally. I, and they probably would have just hung out together and not been activists. Yeah. It's it's a very tight movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone's really good in it. They're like kind of they're all at like the same point in their careers too. Like they were all the actors, I mean, and they're all just bringing it. It's it's really good. It's an enjoy yeah. it's it's a good watch. It's it's a time capsule for sure. And it yeah. was like the one that kind so there was apparently there was a movie that came out before it. The Secaucus 7. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's so fucking boring. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm sorry. Everyone likes Secaucus 7 better because the director is cool and it's independent and it mm-hmm. happened 2 years before. I don't give a shit. It's just not nearly as entertaining. Okay. It very dull i will not watch it then and i don't think it was like a big hit the big chill was a big hit and then after that we kind of saw all these like friends getting together for some reason movies in the like after that and into the 90s too so i just remember there was lawrence kasdan also did one called grand canyon that was I remember being kind of similar. There was a movie called Indian Summer. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all of these movies, like any reason to like bring friends back together and explore their feelings. I felt like that was a trend. 30, I mean, that's basically what 30 something was too, right? It's exactly this. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the reason there was a 30 something was because of this. But there was also advertising change. Like I said, yes. they had Motown in all the songs and then white men talking. Do you remember that the Dockers commercial? It was like white dudes talking about stupid shit and they were <laughs> Dockers. <laughs> and it was so irritating. They had a Simpsons episode yeah. where a man's like telling what he did for a living. He goes, oh, I created those Dockers commercial. And Homer just punches him out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, like that introspective. Yeah. You know, male introspective thing. Yes. Yeah. So much of that in this. I just, but it is, it is a good movie. I mean, there's a reason why, like, why it clicked for people. Yeah. You know, because it's dealing with stuff that we can all relate to, I think. And anyway, that's just what I think. Um, do you have a favorite character in the movie? Usually it's Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do like Sarah very much, and I would definitely have sex with her husband. <laughs> I would be the Mary Kay place, actually. That's funny. I'd steal her robe mm-hmm. and her man's sperm. <laughs> I'm like, out of all the people in the movie, I'm probably the most like the Ma- the Mary Kay place character. But the characters I like the most are Meg Tilly and William Hurt. Those are the ones yeah. I, I like the most. But I know I personally am probably the Mary Kate place. <laughs> yeah. Without the cigarettes. Without the That's the other thing that I wrote in my notes. I was like, so much smoking in this house. <laughs> like, that is not a thing now. People do not smoke in their houses anymore. And the drug use by everybody. Yeah. Um, well, that's still a thing. The cocaine. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was I did think it was funny when Nick gives Sarah cocaine and like later and then she's tweaking out. She can't sleep. She's (laughs) nervous. Kevin Klein's like, this is a really attractive side of you. And she's like (laughs) gathering the blankets and she's like, how could you sleep? I could never sleep. (laughs) Like cocaine makes you so annoying. I have to take your words. Yeah. Yeah, it's the most it makes people so annoying. Like my friends that were total cokeheads were the most annoying people. Yeah. I could see that. I'm afraid of stuff like that, so I don't do stuff like that. I booze is my drug of choice. Thank you very much. <laughs> do you want to talk about the music in this movie? Yeah, so let me bring up we'll talk about the soundtrack cuz normally what we do is we talk about the top hits of that year, yeah. but we've done a few 83 movies. So instead we're just going to talk about them vamping because I'm trying to get my page oh. to come up. 
uh, I have a couple of rando facts I pulled out. One oh, was that, that uh, Phoebe Cates auditioned for the part. That that's make, how she met her husband. That's how she met Kevin Klein. She auditioned for the Meg Tilly part. She's uh, also adorable. So adorable. Everybody drank. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli also read for that part. Also adorable. Also adorable. Everybody drink. Um, what else? I William Hurt uh, worked with Lawrence Kasdan on a bunch of other movies. So he did Body Heat. He also did Accidental Tourist, which I haven't seen since the theater. I haven't seen that. And I Love You to Death. And then Kevin Klein did six movies with Lawrence wow. Kasdan. So he did Silverado, Grand Canyon, French Kiss. I love French Kiss. Which That's I, such a great movie. I haven't seen it since the theater. We should put it on the list. We should put that on the list. I love that movie. He also did one I called <laughs> The Darling Champion, which came out in 2012. I, I don't know that one. And then I Love You to Death. I remember really liking I Love You to Death, but I have not seen it in a long, long time. Same. Okay. So are you ready for the soundtrack? Yeah. So we begin with... I heard it through the grapevine, Marvin Gaye. Such a good song. Oh my God, what a good song. And there's, it was his birthday recently. And somebody on, did it on a tribute where they do that thing where they isolate vocals. Yeah. And they did it for this song. And it was only like a minute. It literally gave me body chills. Yeah. It was because it's so, his voice was so beautiful. <sighs> Marvin Gaye was such a talent. You can't always get what you want, Rolling Stones. It's a really good song. It's a great song. The Exciters, tell him, tell him that yeah. you're never going to leave him. Okay. Da, 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 da. All right. A Wider Shade of Pale, Proco Harem. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I'm like, eh. the, the Tracks of My Tears, Smokey Robinson. I do love some Smokey Robinson. And The Miracles. His voice is fantastic. It is. Uh, theme from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that's in there. I yeah, exactly. Good Lovin' by the Rascals. That's a good song. It's such a it's such a movie song too, though. Like it's so overplayed. Yeah. Even now, I'm like that song came out in 1966, and it's still overplayed. <laughs> it's they. There were people. I graduated high school in the 80s. There were people who wanted that to be our theme song for the prom, and the teachers were like, "Please pick something from your year." Like yeah. Be original. Um, Strangers in the Night. I don't remember anybody. I don't remember that being in there. Theme from JT Lancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite song. <laughs> That's a favorite scene. I love that scene when they're making fun of him. Yeah, I want a margarita and I want it now. I want it now. <laughs> Does a suit come with a machete? <laughs> oh, great song. Ain't Too Proud to Beg, The Temptations. I fucking love that song and it's probably my favorite song on the soundtrack. My Girl, The Temptations, way overplayed. Mm -hmm, still. The Beach Boys, Wouldn't It Be Nice? I do like that song. It's a good one. Quicksilver Girl, Steve Miller. Oh, I don't remember that one. Me neither. Uh, the Weight by The Band, really good song. Mm -hmm. Give Me Some Lovin', The Spencer Davis Group with Steve Winwood. <gasps> Steve Winwood! Baby Steve Winwood. Oh. Uh, Bad Moon Rising, John Fogarty, Clear and Creedence Clearwater Revival. I always associate that song with um, American Werewolf in London. Somebody's trying to call me right now. Just ignore it. Okay. Uh, when a Man Loves a Woman, Percy Sledge. Great song. Great song. Aretha Franklin, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. It's a good song. Oh, beautiful song. Yeah. Uh Wilson Pickett in the Midnight Hour. I love Wilson Pickett. We need uh, to talk about the commitments. I would love to. I love the commitments. Shit, Me too. I'm fucking writing that shit down right now. We should move that up the list because that one is uh, funny yep. as shit. And I love the music. Writing it down. The commitments. Write that down. Okay, ready? Uh, two more. I second that emotion. Smokey Robinson okay. and the Miracles. Great I, song. I say I second that emotion on a daily basis at work. <laughs> And the last song for this for the first soundtrack, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Joy to the world. To the world. It's a uh, good one. It's a great song. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the soundtrack. That song was written by Hoyt Axton? Yes. What the fuck? 
He was a writer. He was a songwriter. I before told- he became an actor in Gremlins. Yeah. I, he's one of those people. I just, I really like him. I hope he's not yeah. a creep because I really liked him. <laughs> Didn't he did some voices for Disney movies too, right? He's done a lot of things, but yeah. yes, you're right. Okay. I anyway. think of the, the Aristocats. Yes. The, yeah. I just, I watched that one last year at some point and he's, yeah, he's like the, the main cat. That was my favorite movie when I was really little. You are so funny mm. because it's got cats. It's got cats. Everybody wants to be a cat. They do. <laughs> they don't. I don't trust them. Um, the Big Chill was nominated for a bunch of, well, for four Oscars. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress for Glenn Close. Um, oh, wait. Where's the other one? Did I say Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress? Oh, and Screenplay. It was nominated for three Oscars. And I thought maybe you'd like to hear about some of the other movies that were nominated. Yes, please. Okay. So, like I said, it was nominated for Best Picture. The winner that year was Terms of Endearment. Great movie. It's a really good movie, and I don't think we're going to watch Cry your eyes out. I don't know if we're going to be watching that one anytime soon. No. <laughs> um, the other movies were The Dresser. I don't Mm-mm. know that one. The Right Stuff. Good movie, but too long. Very long. And then Tender Mercies. Never saw it. I never saw it either, and it won a ton of shit. So Robert, I know and people say it's amazing. Yeah, Robert Duvall won Best Actor for Tender Mercies. I haven't seen it. Some of the other people nominated were Michael Caine for Educating Rita, uh, Tom Cotty for Reuben Reuben. I think your dog really likes. Me. <laughs> yeah, he does. I know. Sorry, everybody. I'm a human being with animals. <laughs> Uh, actually, let's go down to Best Supporting Actress. So Glenn Close was nominated for The Big Chill. Also nominated Cher for Silkwood. I would love to cover Silkwood. You cannot find that movie. You have to buy it oh. like in a, in a hard form, like a DVD or whatever. And I don't know what's going on because I'd love to cover that movie. Yeah. She is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. It's a good one. I would love to watch that one, too. Um. So hopefully it'll be streaming someday and we can do it. Uh, who else? Oh, share Amy Irving for Yentl. I love Yentl. That was I, a good movie. I haven't seen Yentl since like when it came out. Like I probably saw it on HBO and that's the last time I've seen it. Uh, Alfre Woodard for Cross Creek. Never saw it. Never saw it. And then the winner was Linda Hunt for The Year of Living Dangerously. What a bizarre thing because so he's weird. playing an asian man yes right yes this would not happen now no it's a very strange and it's not like he's she's not playing a woman who's pretending to be an asian man she's no. actually playing an asian man it's very strange it, it they wouldn't do it now no i don't think and it's also a bummer of a fucking movie yes so this is an interesting category so best screenplay uh, Big Chill was nominated. Tender Mercies is what won. Mm-hmm. The other movies were Fanny and Alexander. Never saw it. Silkwood. Yep. And then the other one, I love this, War Games. Shall we play a game? <laughs> so good. You're so good at that. <laughs> Thank you. That's one I of my love favorite the, movies. I love that War Games was nominated for an Oscar. How did I not remember this? I love it. I, 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 you know, it was also at a time where we were like scared to death of Russians bombing the shit out mm-hmm. of us. Or that's, that's a, true. Us teenagers were fed anyway. So that could have been a part of it. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other random things. Flashdance, What a Feeling, one best song. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> I'm like, what else can I tell you? Yentl won for original score. I'm just going through some other ones. Papa, can you hear me? Uh, uh, that's kind of the main stuff. The rest is all like terms of endearment stuff. Shirley MacLaine won. Jack Nicholson won. There you go. Terms of endearment yeah. won for, uh, you know, adapted screenplay. Terms of endearment won a ton of shit. But like I said, we're not going to be covering that one anytime soon. It's a bummer. It's too much of a bummer. I can't do it right now. Right. What else are you dorking out about, Margot? Talking about bummers, but <laughs> this isn't exactly uplifting, but it's it's a Netflix series called The Serpent. 
Oh, and yeah. It's a, it keeps recommending it's, it to me. Yeah. Well, it's so it's seven or eight episodes. I forget which one, but it's about a serial killer in the 1970s who was based in Bangkok and Paris and a few other places. And he went, there was like, there was called the hippie trail and it was in Nepal and it was in Bangkok and other uh, places in Asia where backpackers, this, I, I never would have survived the seven. I would never do mm-hmm. this, but they would go on these trips and just the, you know, they would hitchhike and just trust that things were going to be okay. It's, I don't trust anybody. So no. I would never do this. But he, this guy, his name is Charles Sobrage. Sobrage. He's half French and half uh, Indonesian, I believe, or hmm. Vietnamese. I'm sorry. It's one or the other. His, he's played by Tahar Rahim. This thing is fucking terrifying. These, because he poisons people. Yeah. And then he like gives them more poison. Like, oh, you're sick. Take this. You'll be better. And then they get even sicker. And some make it and some don't. And some die in really horrible ways. They're not graphic about that, but there's so much tension. And there's a person who's from the Dutch government who's trying to solve some killings and get this guy convicted. And there's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's. Seven episodes. They're like under an hour mm-hmm. each. Great acting, very atmospheric, mm. based on a true story. And then it's one of those things where you're like, I need the Wikipedia page now for this uh, person. Okay. And it turns out the case is even crazier. It's way more batshit insane than you even realize. I just found it very compelling. I it. I will say this: don't watch it late at night. <laughs> I. Barely got a wink of sleep that night. I watched okay. like three or four episodes in a row, and then I'm, I tried to go to bed, and it was like my brain's like, no, no, yeah. this is not happening. So that's your warning. But I found it very, very compelling. Okay, I will watch it on the weekends during the day. There you go. <laughs> um, I watched last night. Um, I watched Thunder Force. The Melissa McCarthy, Octavia Spencer comedy. Oh, is it good? I have to say it's kind of a, it's a really enjoyable like Netflix movie. Okay. Like like if I had paid to see it in a theater, I would have been like, like it wouldn't have been worth it. But I think there's funny stuff in it. Like I, I I felt worth it. It felt worth it to me to watch like, to watch it. Because I, it's a I, thing to watch. It's a thing to watch. I do think it's too long. Once again, too mm-hmm. long. I'm sorry. I hate bitching about movie length, but it's too long. And sometimes Melissa McCarthy, I love her. I think she's really great, and I do think she's a very funny person. And sometimes she's like working too hard for it. Yeah, she's a little thirsty yeah. in some of the scenes. But there's other shit in it that's really, really funny. And I really like her friendship with Octavia Spencer in the movie. And Jason Bateman is in this movie and he is funny as shit. I pretty much every time Jason Bateman showed up, I laughed out loud because he's the idea is that Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer are like childhood friends that kind of parted ways in high you know after high school and it turns out Octavia Spencer's like this genius who's trying to like fight mutants it's a superhero movie too by the way it's a very strange movie and she develops these like powerful ser- these serums where like she gives M- Melissa McCarthy like super strength and she has the power to go invisible and they fight crime together and one of the villains is Jason Bateman. <laughs> He's this mutant <laughs> who has crab arms. I don't know why he has crab arms. Actually, I think they explain why he has crab arms, but for a lot for a lot of the movie you're like, why does he have crab arms? And as I tweeted, I would still hit it. I would still hit it, even though he's got crab arms. And he he's just so funny in it. I he's dude's a national treasure. That's all, you know. And yes, he is. And I they have some very funny scenes together, her and Jason Bateman. They did another movie together. I think it's called like Identity Theft. I never saw it. Clearly, they have some sort of friendship because they like to appear in each other's movies. Um 
I think it's something to watch. Like if you want to put something on while you're like doing chores around the house, I don't think you have to give it your undivided attention, but there are solid jokes in there. It made me I'll laugh. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. It's once again, not perfect by any means. Um, you're setting the expectations. I'm, I'm lowering low. the bar. It is no Barb and Star <laughs> go to Vista Del Mar. No, that, nothing's like that's probably the best movie of the year so far. Yeah. But there are some very funny scenes in it for me that made it worth it. I I think I think you'll get a g- couple of good laughs out of it. I'll watch it. Okay. I'll let you know. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about the big chill though. This was me a good too. One. And I, I, like I said, I had no idea I was going to feel this way. I, I was actually nervous. I was going to hate it. And I would get grouse about it. I super enjoyed it. It was, I think I, I watched it last night and I started watching again this morning. Oh, I really enjoyed it that much. That's awesome. I love that. Where can people find you on the internet, Margot? They could find me on social media at Brooklyn Fitchick, mostly for Twitter and Instagram. And my blog is brooklynfitchick.com. And if you like the sound of our voices, you can also listen to us at What a Creep podcast, where we talk about creeps of the past, the present, not the future. We're not we're not psychics. Prognosticators. Yes. Yes. But we end every episode with someone who's not a creep, so you don't think the whole world is a dumpster fire. We're having so much fun there, so please, please listen. You can find me at thesoniashow.com and the Sonia Show on Twitter and Instagram and occasionally the TikTok where I'm there to ruin it for young people. And if you want some stickers, we have some very adorable Dorking Out Show stickers. I think they're so cute. Uh, You can email us at dorkingoutshow at gmail.com. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts because you're listening right now. If you want to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. And you can find Dorking Out Show on Twitter and Facebook. And this was super fun, Margo. I'm so glad we talked about the big chill. I want to take some Coke and then just take off at a Porsche right now. (laughs) I'm going to go empty the dishwasher and dance to old Motown songs. (laughs) Take some Coke. Yeah, I'm a real druggie. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 